In the mid-15th century, the ruler of Wallachia, now a part of modern Romania, would go to war with the overwhelmingly powerful Ottoman Empire. This minor crusade would gain him great favor with the Pope, but would also make him many powerful enemies. Oh, and he liked to execute prisoners and enemies by shoving them onto the pointy ends of long sticks. The truth is, his name might have been far less known if it weren't for a bunch of made-up myths and legends that would become a part of Western pop culture for well over a century. In this series of 100 Proof History, we are examining the life and times, and the legends and myths, of Vlad Dracula. And it all begins with this episode, lovingly entitled, Vlad Dracula Part 1, Impaler? I hardly knew her. Ha <laughs> Got him. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax. And enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. And scene from the theme music. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> thanks, Theme to- music, you got the part. Thanks, Daniel. You got the stuff, kid. Is it Daniel? Yes. Yeah, or Dan- is it Dan? Yeah. No, no. Dan's just in the story today. Yeah. Okay. Different Dan. Oh, is it? I thought it was the as same far, dude. As okay. far as we know. <laughs> What's up, bud? Hard dicks and airplanes? Isn't uh, that the saying? Uh, I hate that. It's so I stupid. I fucking really hate it. I'm like, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Yeah, uh, that's stupid. Uh, the guy giving the stupid joke is Greg. Main, Hello. Main host, Greg. Hi. And I am your sexy host, Chris. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of 100 Proof History. Big things are happening, in case you haven't noticed. Over the last couple of weeks, we have switched to weekly format. We're not doing this every other week. We're doing it every week to give you all the HPH love that you desperately need. Change is here, motherfuckers, yes. and you better get on board. <laughs> I think that was Obama's uh, slogan. That was actually a direct quote from Obama, <laughs> one of his campaign rallies, little known fact. Uh, yeah, so uh, we made some big changes. Uh, we've hired a producer. Well, we haven't actually hired a producer, but I feel like every Fucking news to me, every big uh, podcast I listen to has a producer who's like either off mic, you know, the guy they say, hey, uh, hey, Steve, why don't you go ahead and edit that in? Why don't you go ahead and bring up this yeah. uh, sound clip? We need to get Dick Wolf. Yeah, we'll bring in Dick Wolf. We'll just have uh, <laughs> producer Dick Wolf. But we can just go ahead and lie to the listener. And if we keep up the lie after like 20 episodes, they won't know the difference. The new listeners will be like, oh, wow, they got Dick Wolf to produce this thing. Yeah, until Dick Wolf sues us. He's Uh, got his hands in fucking everything. Or Or his wolf dick. Or we become Law and Order History Podcast or uh, Chicago History or whatever the hell he's producing right now. Everything? Yeah. All of it? (laughs) He owns NBC. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited to get into this story today. I'm indifferent. Are you? No, dude. I'm I'm fucking pumped, too. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I I really liked about this story um we talked about it before and we talked about it on other podcasts how history kind of sucks the fun out of your stories mm-hmm. all the myths and legends um this is one where i'm actually so keep listening <laughs> well that's the point on this one i'm reading through it i'm actually learning the story of vlad and it's really fucking interesting it's a lot more than the oh, maybe he sucked blood in castles with igor and shit like that and, you right know, yeah, yeah yeah like even once you do debunk a lot of the myths yeah or the uh the legend that is Vlad Dracula. It's still a pretty fucking cool story for somebody that historically wasn't a, a huge major player in the grand scheme of things. No, no, he did what he could with what he had. Yes. Today, our sources are going to be In the Shadow of Empires by Sir Jens and Vlad the Impaler, A Life from Beginning to End by Hourly History. Yep. And <laughs> uh, one of them, the first one's far more in depth, the second one. You can judge by the name. You can read it in an hour, and it'll give you a lot of the information, but not the whole story. There's so. a pamphlet I got when I was getting an STD check. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> I failed. Oh, Miserably. You failed the STD test. Them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, so I guess you can take some positives out of that. Yeah. I did because of positive results. That's right. Thoughts and prayers for Greg's uh, decaying reproductive system. It's gone. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just a, it's a hole. Gone. <laughs> We hardly knew ye. All right. Uh, Dick Wolf, bring up some sad music for Greg's piece. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to get into this thing? Yeah, man. All right. Let's do it. 
What about the drinks? Oh, the drinks. I idiot. Well, I, that's because I'm not super excited about my I remember my, my first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was this one, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Even then, I remember to talk about my drink, but <laughs> no, I'm just not super excited about mine. Uh, I'll let you go first. I or, know that you're not excited. Uh, okay. So mine is, I'm drinking a bourbon. Surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. people. Uh, it's Redemption bourbon. I like their rye a lot. I actually didn't know they made a bourbon until recently. Mm-hmm. Once I got to reading the label, I realized why. Because it's, it's like, eh, they're just kind of getting it off the ground. But I I was pleasantly surprised with its flavor. 42%. It's got a just a slight burn to it. Okay. Like, but it's a good flavor for something that is not aged a lot at all. Um, it, it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Redemption. Because Vlad redeems his place and takes back his throne. Oh, <clears throat> I like it. Yeah. Uh, multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, what yeah. are you drinking, man? So, usually, you know, I, I make it my goal to tie my drink into the story somehow. And I really struggled with this one because there's not a lot of whiskey involved in Eastern Europe. They just, uh, they're a big fan of the clear alcohols. They take what they can get. Yeah. So, I did go with a clear alcohol. I, I'm having vodka with some Red Bull in it. I am not a huge fan of clear liquors just because they don't have a lot of flavor. So you got to put something in it. This drink tastes like Red Bull. I I can't even tell there's alcohol What's in it. What's your favorite uh, Ron Swanson quote? Oh, uh, that clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. <laughs> so, uh, And actually, I Ron Swanson's favorite scotch, Lagavulin, my favorite scotch. So, I'll be drinking that next episode, yeah. So, which we are recording at the same time as this one. So uh, we're going to start that one drunk. That curtain just fell right to the floor. You were keeping you pulled, that a surprise? Pulled it back so hard. I, I wanted people to guess. I wanted people to be like, why are they so drunk in the second episode? I want them to know <laughs> why they're not, we're not starting episodes drunk. Yeah, we're not just showing up at yeah, nine in the morning. We're professionals, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> uh, another tie-in you could have done, Red Bull gives you wings. Mm-hmm. Just like Dracul means dragon. Ah, uh, it does mean dragon. Yeah. That's true. You could have tied it in that way, too. And bulls impale you, and red is blood. I so. guess they can impale you. Yeah, so there you go. Perfect. Wow. Perfect tie-in. Nailed it. Yeah. All right, let's fuck this dog. Let's do it. Now, before we get to Vlad's story, it's important to set the geopolitical stage so you have a better understanding of everybody's motivations. There are multiple rulers and countries involved in this story, and we'll get to them as they pop up, but for now, we'll keep it simple, because if we get too in-depth right off the bat, you're going to space out and daydream about finally telling your boss that his breath stinks like stale coffee and his mid-afternoon shoulder rubs are erotically confusing. Don't worry. It happens to the best of us. I stopped listening to you a long time ago. <laughs> Already. Okay. Anyway, you should go into this knowing that there are two major powers involved in a centuries-old struggle. The Hungarian Empire, which was Christian, and the Ottoman Empire, which was Muslim. We don't have time to talk about all the crusades and the struggles between the two. That's another show. But at this point in history, which is the mid-15th century, the two sides are fighting for control of the Balkan Peninsula. Smack dab in the middle of this orgy of violence. It's the title of my sex tape, by the way. Nice. I want to watch that. I want to see <laughs> the orgy of violence. We'll do it in the first break. Okay. Uh, smack dab in the middle of this was the tiny nation of Wallachia. That's the name of your sex tape. Tiny nation of Wallachia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but it makes me laugh. Uh, I don't know. Velaki is probably your penis or something. Yeah, okay. Just, come on, man. I got you. Come on. I got you. Uh, it is going to be difficult in a series about a guy named Vlad the Impaler, mm. but I'm going to try to not make this 100% jokes about putting my dick places. Try as you may, you will fail. I'm going to fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> so Velakia was ruled by a voivod, um, and what a voivod was... It, it was kind of like if you have a provincial governor that has autonomous control over a region, but they still answer to basically a higher power, basically, a higher uh, human power. Basically a middle manager. Kind of. Yeah. Yes. Um, He's Michael Scott of the Balkan Peninsula. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Okay. And uh, these voivodes, they were selected by a group of the nation's noblemen called boyers. So instead of having a line of succession, like a typical monarchy, they would choose from a list of eligible heirs. There were three main bloodlines, and even if you were an illegitimate child, you could be picked by the boyers to lead. Valakia's next top voivod was a smash television hit. 
Every week, people would gather around their office water coolers and talk about who betrayed who or who should be eliminated next. Everyone except that one guy who didn't watch it because he th- he's that dude that thought hating popular things made him fucking look cool. Yeah, like Greg in Marvel movies. Dude, children's movies. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck, I'm that guy. <laughs> and just like reality TV today, this hypothetical television show from the 1400s, the actual selection of the Voivod was rigged as fuck. Wallachia existed only out of the good graces of both the Hungarian and the Ottoman empires. And that alliance, who was supporting them, who was propping them up, would change based on, you know, based what month it is. Right, yeah. Either one of these empires could have conquered it with ease, but they chose to let it retain existence so that the border between both empires was easier to defend. Yeah, so basically they want a smaller border between Hungarian and Ottoman Empire. Yeah. That way they don't have to worry about people crossing over. and Because they did share a common border, yeah. but Wallachia divided that in a very large way. So yeah. it was almost like a uh, demilitarized zone, so to speak, a neutral zone. Yeah, it was like the porn star in an Eiffel Tower. Hmm. Look it up, fellas. Hmm. <laughs> or ladies. You can both look it up. Everybody. Nope, ladies are not allowed. <laughs> Can't let that secret get out. In the meantime, they'd both take turns playing Chef Boyar's D's. Get uh, it? Yeah, because it's... Yeah. Boyar's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'd both time, you know, playing Chef Boyar D's to install voivods who would support them. And since this arrangement made so much fucking money, they would run this scam with regularity. Wallachia was in constant upheaval and was a lawless, disorderly wasteland. Uh, maybe just to give an example, uh, basically it's like, let's say you are that middle manager and a, another distributor comes in and says, hey, I don't like that guy. I like this guy. I'll give you, you know, 500 bucks to swap him out. And you go ahead and do it because you want the 500 bucks. That's how the boyars worked. And then the other guy, the other distributor, the competing distributor would come in and say, no, I don't like him. I like this third guy. And you'd go ahead and swap him out just to make the 500 bucks. It was super corrupt. And it was basically just whoever paid at the time. So anyways, Vlad's father was named Vlad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dad Vlad's family ruled Wallachia, but most of them met a violent end. He was actually spared this violence when he was sent to live with King Sigismund of Hungary at the age of 10. There he was educated and taught to wage war. During this time, King Sigismund created the Order of the Dragon. Yeah, there's a Chinese restaurant down the street with the same name. Sounds delicious. It's like a every uh, Chinese restaurant tastes the exact same. So. Well, yeah, but Order of the Dragon just sounds like this big plate full of fucking everything. You know, just tear it up. I feel like I, if I was there for a couple hours, that would be good. Yeah, but Chinese food—it's like I get full, mm-hmm. like you know, eating normal food. Yeah, and then thirty minutes later, I'm starving. Yeah, to death. Yep. That's how it works, man. That's how, okay. they, that's how they get you. That's how they get you back in there. Motherfuckers. <laughs> the Order of the Dragon was a Catholic organization whose purpose was to defend their religion. Dad Vlad joined this sweet-ass club, and when they asked what cool name he wanted on his leather motorcycle vest, he said, Vlad Dracul. In those days, Dracul was Romanian for dragon. In modern Romanian, it means devil. And that just makes all these modern vampire fanboys just, they just cream their pants. Because they love that Dracula means devil. What does that mean when a male creams her pants? Are they semening? There's just cream involved. I'm not sure. I've never had it happen to me. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I've never experienced an orgasm, so I don't know, Greg. I just don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Maybe I want to show you that sex tape on break. Yeah, the uh, orgy of violence. I'm looking forward to it. Somewhere around 1430, Dad Vlad moved his family to the Saxon town of Siegshara in central Transylvania. In 1431, he had a son he named Vlad Dracula, which translates to Vlad, son of Dracul, so basically, son of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Or son of the devil. Son of the guy that's named after the dragon. Yeah. Five years later, Dad Vlad sees the throne in Wallachia with the love and support of his best bud, King Sigismund, and the family moves to the capital city of Targoviste. And that, good, good. I like it. Thank you. And that was... Pretty much the last point Dracula would spend any meaningful amount of time in Transylvania. But but my, my dragon, my Dracula, yeah, my the, blood-sucking vampire. Yeah, and that's important to know. Um, the author of this book, uh, he actually started writing this because he went to Transylvania, and he was going through a museum. He's like, where's all the Dracula stuff? 
And they're like, you're a fucking moron, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, so he he ends up researching it and just like we did. And we're like, oh, he didn't have shit to do with Transylvania. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess that's uh, just where the werewolves live. Yeah. And as we'll see, Bram Stoker just, he already had this character in mind. Mm-hmm. He heard about this dude. And he's like, oh, that's a cool sounding name. That's awesome. Let's do and it. And then upon yeah. researching him, he's like... Oh fuck yeah! His dad is from Transylvania. That that sounds nice and evil. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it was basically just namesakes that were yeah. borrowed. It's actually my favorite transgender uh, Halloween theme party. Transylvania. Yeah, yeah. I you, like it. You just never know where anybody's coming from in that place. Very shortly after Dad Vlad became Voivod, King Sigismund died, throwing the Hungarian Empire into a power vacuum and leading to a peasant revolt in Transylvania. The Ottoman Sultan, Murad II, saw this as an opportunity and planned a panty raid into Transylvania. Dad Vlad had no way to prevent this from happening, and so flipped over to the Ottoman side and helped them with the raid. And this is a common theme, as I alluded to earlier, is they're just flipping yeah, it's, sides it's all constantly. The, the douchebags in William Wallace story who couldn't make up mind which side they, they want to be on the Scottish or English sto- side. Mm-hmm. That's everybody in this fucking story. There's nobody that's like, yeah, I'm just going to stay right here with this dude. <laughs> After that, he was able to play both sides for a while, but in 1443, the Ottomans decided to test his loyalty. Dad Vlad agreed to pay homage to the Ottomans by sending Wallachians to fight in the Ottoman armies. To make sure that Dad Vlad kept his word, the Sultan took Vlad Dracula and his little brother Radu as hostages. Still, Dad Vlad thought he had a trick up his sleeve. Big old long, creepy black robe sleeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still shoehorning this fucking it's, myth in. Yeah, I don't care. I like that you're all still shoehorning in the Halloween noises. I like that. It's mid-November now, but I like it. Let's just keep this fucking going. Now we know. That's a Dracula laugh, man. Come on. The fucking program. Dracula's year-round. That's true. The Dracula party never stops. Is that a common thing? Yeah, there ain't no party like a Dracula party, because the Dracula party don't stop. And then the sun comes up and it stops. It's it's all lies, but, you know, it still gets you pumped up at the beginning of the night. Let us take this to my coffin, young lady. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like having sex in a very tight, confined space where you can't move around. And also, the legend of Dracula, like the vampiric Mm -hmm. Dracula, he had like a, uh, something like a 14-inch dick. I did not know that. And it was like made of obsidian and was like a needle. (laughs) So like stab you? <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm fucking making this up, dude. Um, it's it's fitting for a story about a guy named Impaler. It's like weird. They, it is. It's a strange bit of coincidence. I think that this guy's the Impaler, <laughs> and they based Dracula off of him. And he had a 14 inch obsidian dick that stabbed people. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't know if it was meant to stab people. I'm just. It just happened. It could. Yeah. Why else would he have a 14 inch obsidian fucking needle dick? Cause then he can walk around parties and say, girl, you're making me rock hard. Oh wait, I'm always rock hard. And then they're like, what the yeah, fuck? She's already bleeding out. Yeah. <laughs> um, fu- I don't even, goddamn, where was it? So his son. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, the Ottomans have, uh, Vlad Dracula and Radu as hostages. Uh, just to make sure that Dad Vlad was would stay true to his word because they never fucking did that in Wallachia. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Running theme. So again, he's he's got this this little ace ace in the hole that he plans to to play, and that's that he had named his oldest son Mircha Dracula as his co regent. Basically, that meant if Dad Vlad died, Mircha would step in because he was co ruler. You found a lot of this kind of treachery amongst families even like Mm -hmm. i think we have in the outline later but yeah he he basically encourages uh the oldest son to kill oh yeah the 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 younger siblings yeah one of the ottomans creates creates a law it's like fuck man (laughs) (laughs) when the ottomans took vlad jr and radu as hostages he lied and said mircha was dead mircha joined forces with a hungarian named janos hunyaudi and uh which we can call John if we want. Yeah, I, I guess that's the English translation of uh, Janos. I might have to. Is John? Yeah. So if you hear us say John or Janos, if you hear me say same dude, 
hear me say John Hyundai. That's this dude. Hyundai. Hunyadi. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, Mircha and the Hungarian named Janusz Hungaudi. God damn it. Hun- yeah, Hungaudi. Hunyadi. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard, man. man. <laughs> they decide to take on the Ottoman Empire. Dad Vlad said, uh, you know, it's a bad idea. And when it failed miserably, he held a sword to Hunyadi's throat and took a ransom from the defeated Hungarian. In 1447, Hunyadi, having rebuilt his forces, launched an attack on Dad Vlad in Wallachia. Dad Vlad fled, but he was caught and they cut his head right the fuck off. Mircha was betrayed by the boyars and was tortured, blinded, and buried alive. Bye, Mircha. Yep. Nice knowing you. Yep. This left Vlad Dracula as the oldest surviving member of the Dracula... Bloodline. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah, yeah. Halloween noises. Is it, are we still doing that? No. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's like you're saying, it's so fucking petty. Like they have a common enemy. Dad Vlad isn't opposed to actually go- taking on the Ottoman Empire. That's why he sent Mercha into exile to join with uh, John. But he thinks it's too soon and John goes ahead and, with the attack and it fails miserably. And, and Dad's like, you didn't fucking listen to me. Let me put a sword in your throat and threaten your life. And John's like, you don't put a fucking sword in my throat and gets him fucking killed and beheaded. Just a bunch of petty bitch infighting. That's all that's happening here. Yeah. But on like much grander scale than you see today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not some like fighting over YouTube videos or Instagram stuff, you know, like we're going to do with another history podcast. Just try and get our name out there. Coming for you, Dan Carlin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have it so good that we bitch about the dumbest shit. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about being beheaded because we insulted somebody. You know, rarely does that happen. It very, happens. very rarely. It happens, but, you know, rarely. Anyways, while all of this was happening, Vlad was being held hostage by the Ottoman Sultan. Now, I'm sure you can imagine that this life would be filled with starvation, torture, and red-hot pokers being shoved into places that they should only go if you have a safe word. Oh, Jesus Christ. But if you're imagining that, then your imagination is actually wrong. Hmm. Life as a hostage was pretty sweet for Vlad. He got put up in a castle, was trained how to be a knight. He was taught horseback riding, sword fighting, given armor, and taught how to use a brand new toy, the musket. Uh, Let me interject here. Mm -hmm. I have a public service announcement. Okay. Guns are not toys. Muskets are, however, and they're a blast. Ah, <laughs> uh, blast. I get it. Get it? Yeah. No, it is, it's a cool point in history where there's converging uh, technologies. Mm-hmm. These are my favorite points in history. Uh, we, Me too, where like tactics are thrown on end. Yeah, like we just did two series of the late 18th century. That's one of my favorite times in history because so much is changing, but from a technological standpoint, yeah. moving away from wood and coal to steam and, you know, steel. Here, in this point in history, they've discovered gunpowder, and they fucking love it. They've got muskets, they've got cannons, and there's still other guys fighting with arrows and swords, and it's just this weird convergence, and it'll actually play a role later in their story. So anyways, it stands the reason that Vlad was sent out to fight with the Ottoman army and learn how to lead on the battlefield. One such battle took place in Kosovo. Many such battles oh, yeah. took place in Kosovo. Yeah, for the next seven centuries. Yeah. We're not that far in history yet. No. Uh, next, what, do you know something I don't? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of shit happening in Kosovo. Into your fucking crystal in, ball. In 2153, man, it's going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> Janos Hunyadi, that's close I'm going to get, was attacking the Ottomans <laughs> again and getting curb stomped again. Hunyadi fled the battlefield but was captured in Serbia. With Hunyadi was a man named Vladislav who he had installed as Voivode of Wallachia after Hunyadi cut off the head of Dad Vlad. So this is the guy he chose to lead Wallachia for him. And he's going to turn out to be a huge cunt too, but we'll get to that. He's all right. Yeah. (laughs) Since both of them were being held in Serbia, Wallachia needed a new leader. Vlad had been moping around his castle prison after his dad and brother had been killed. He was technically free since his dad had died and that debt was paid, but he had nowhere else to go. He figured if he left the Ottoman Empire, the same people who had killed his dad and brother would just go right ahead and kill him. But since those two dudes were hanging out in a Serbian prison, lifting weights and shiving snitches in the showers, the Ottoman Sultan thought it would be fun to make Vlad Dracula the Voivode of Vlachia. It does sound fun. Yeah. Vlad was 17 in 1448, which is one year older than what I'll be drinking the next episode. Uh, Yeah, he's 17 when he began his first rule. He had taken a small Ottoman force into Targoviste, ready to fuck shit up, but the boyars didn't want to fight. 
They just wanted to make delicious canned pasta. Because they're Chef Boyars, right? (laughs) (laughs) So they put Vlad in charge. Part of the decision was based on the fact that they thought Vladislav was dead. The Hungarians knew different. And when they wrote a letter to Vlad saying, Boy, you should roll with us. Because when Hunyadi and Vladislav get out of county, they're going to fuck your shit up. Vlad refused this generous offer because he thought that if he took off running, the Ottomans would just install another leader. And if Hunyadi was coming for him, he was just going to, quote, meet him and we will make peace with him, end quote. Just two months into Vlad's reign as Voivod, Hunyadi and Vladislav were released from prison. They hooked up with the leader of nearby Moldavia and formed an alliance that greatly outmatched the forces at Vlad's disposal. Hunyadi said, I'm going to make peace between my foot and your ass. Got him. (laughs) At which point Vlad ran away so fast, all that was left was a Dracula-shaped dust cloud. Yeah, uh, Dick Wolf, you go ahead and insert a sound effect. It's like that cartoon running away. (laughs) Thanks, Dick. Meanwhile, crazy shit was going down in the Balkans. The Ottoman Sultan died, and his son Mehmed became Sultan. Mehmed had actually briefly been named Sultan when he was 12, but he'd fucked it up so bad that his dad had taken it back from him. You know, I find that kind of weird. Hear me out. Okay. From everything I know, I'm pretty sure most 12-year-olds would be equipped to lead a massive empire. What am I missing here? (laughs) What am I missing? Yeah. I'll help President uh, Jaden as he... We now salute the flag by doing a dab and the floss. What the fuck? Have I missed something? Uh, no, that's, you know, if we had a 12-year-old president. It would be Jaden? Yeah. Because all these kids now, they're, they're Jadens and Haydens. They got the Ys in their name where mm. they don't need to be. You know, that kid, the the kind of fat kid who, you know, wears anime shirts everywhere, smells a little weird. He's your well, president. That's not who I was imagining when you started this. You were probably imagining a girly pervert. What about Hunyadi? He's got a Y in his name. Yeah, it's it's stupid. He needs to get rid of that Y. We need to go back to the 15th century and talk some sense into his parents. Yeah, no shit. Couldn't just name him John Hyundai like it's supposed to be. You gotta trick Hyundai it. has a Y. You gotta trick it up. It's it's a silent Y. Hyundai. <laughs> this is all fucking terrible. All terrible. I quit the podcast. Again. When Mehmed rose to power, he went ahead and killed his younger brother and then passed a law saying, quote, Whichever of my sons inherits the Sultan's throne, it behooves him to kill his brothers in the interest of world order. What? Yeah. It's kind of a fucked up law, right? Ugh. Like, come on, Dad. Like, if you're like the second son in that family, you're like, really? You needed to pass that? I'll just say no. I just won't be Sultan. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. And uh, I love it. Yeah. Anyways, all the other leaders in the region thought Mehmed was incompetent, and he solidified this idea when he immediately sought peace treaties with everyone around him. But this was actually part of his larger plan. He was going to drive a nail in the coffin of the Byzantine Empire, or Byzantine, depending on where you're from. Uh, it's Byzantine, unless you're from fucking Wrongville, USA. Or England. <laughs> As we've discussed off-air, you know, the English are perfect English. I hate them. Yeah, I do too. Fuck I'm just me. kidding. Hello, English yeah, listeners. Yeah, love you, English. There's a few of them out there. Yeah, we'll say, I'll say Byzantine, just so you don't get I ang- like Byzantine. Get angry at me. But he was going to drive a nail in the coffin of their empire. It's basically, it's a thousand-year-old empire, but it's dying off at this point. Oh, they don't have much territory, and they're, but they still have the jewel, the crown jewel of their empire, which is Constantinople. And he's going to take that for the Ottoman Empire. First, Mehmed built fortresses on either side of the strait leading into Constantinople and installed newfangled cannons, as we were talking about. They were going to explode any ships that decided to pass through the strait. The Byzantine Empire begged Europe for help, but they were busy with their own shit and largely ignored him. Uh, basically, at this point, England and France are involved in the Hundred Years' War, which actually lasts 116 years. Way to fucking count, you stupid. They're rounding to the nearest hundred, dude. It makes sense. Uh, Does that roll off your tongue, the 116 Years' War? That's true. I I just like to think they got to 100 years and they had like a big fucking party. And then it just kind of kept going, petered out, you know, kind of like this podcast does. Just kind of trails off into nothingness. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also at this time, your other big powers is the Germanic states that would eventually become the Prussian Empire and then Germany. They all were focusing on eastward expansion. They wanted to go into Poland. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) 
and then into Russia, which at this time, Russia is way underdeveloped, and it probably was fairly conquerable at this time, but they just, again, it's hard to conquer a landmass that size, as people learn throughout history. So, Constantinople, Byzantines, they're all on their own. Mehmed then put up a naval blockade around the city and marched troops in on the land side. Constantinople was surrounded by ancient walls, but there were no match for cannons. Mehmed blew holes in the walls, and his troops surged into the city. On May 29th, 1453, Constantinople fell into the control of the Ottoman Turks. They changed the name to Istanbul. Why they changed it, you know, I can't say. Maybe they liked it better that way. Yeah, now it's going to be stuck in my head all day. Uh, that's uh, they it's might be song. giants. What is that? Oh yeah, that's what. Okay, yeah, for all you, yeah, for all you, you youngins. Yeah, go look it up, and it'll be stuck in your head too. Read a book. Yeah. In, in that case, I mean, just YouTube that song. <laughs> and Constantinople would actually remain the Turkish capital until 12, 1293. <laughs> you fucking dyslexic uh, piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> it would remain the capital until 1923. Just after the First World War. I would like to apologize to all of our dyslexic listeners. They're listening to us because they can't read these stories, and you're just insulting them, Greg. I would then like to apologize for what he just said. <laughs> I apologize more for the record. Well, then old Mehmed, he got a little too big for his britches. Feeling pretty good about taking the heart of the Byzantine Empire, he decided it was time to march on a Hungarian stronghold, Belgrade. He decided to implement the same strategy he had used in Constantinople. Blockade the water access, blow the walls to hell, bum rush the city. The Hungarians had expected that an attack would come and brought in a bunch of mercenary soldiers and peasants to defend Belgrade. Leading them was the dad Vlad killing Janos Hunyadi. Janos realized that Mehmed was going with the if it ain't broke, don't fix it method of warfare and decided his best hope was to break up the blockade. He was successful and was able to keep supplies and reinforcements flowing into the city up the Danube River. Still, the cannons were making quick work of the walls and the Ottomans were beginning to advance. One day after a probing attack, <laughs> the Ottomans were gathering up their dead and regrouping. The peasants and hired guns on the Hungarian side got skittish. They had been told not to go outside the walls, but they said fuck it and took a run straight at the Ottomans. They began to shout insults at the Ottomans as they were burying their dead. Hey bro, your empire is named after furniture. Fucking got him. <laughs> Fire emoji. <laughs> So, they're shouting insults at the Ottomans when they're burying their dead, and they also, you know, flung a few arrows in their direction for good measure. The Ottomans didn't respond, at which point more Hungarians joined in the fray. The crowd grew larger until Hunyadi eventually gave in and sent in the whole fucking defending force. It's like, hey, they're not doing shit. Come help me yell. Yeah. And then a shitload of people are out there. They're still not doing shit. Oh, they must be vulnerable. All right, well, fuck. Fine, attack them. <laughs> you guys, it's like the the mom in the mall that gives up on the kids, yeah, like wanting yeah. to go into the ball pit, and she's just like fucking, fucking go, go, and they bum rush that motherfucker, yeah, and she you know walks over to the food court and just cries into some loaded French fries, <laughs> <laughs> and the the kids they're the Hungarians, yeah, and the bulls are the Ottomans, the Ottomans who are trying to bury their dead, yeah, okay. and so the kids just destroy the bull Hungarians. Here lies. Poor Turk guy. I don't know any Turkish names. What's a, what's Turkish for John? Erdogan. Erdogan. Here's Erdogan being killed in battle. Will you remember him? And then some guy's just like, hey, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> fuck Erdogan! Yes, the current Turkish dictator, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. But it's... I'm pretty sure it does mean John in Turkish, right? Probably. Yeah. It's a last name. You know, it's, <laughs> well, it's all good. His name's Steve John, if you translate it. Oh, <laughs> he's one of those. Yeah. Well, once this, you know, huge defending force rushed in, the Ottomans were overwhelmed, and Mehmed was wounded and knocked out cold. They fled the city with the Hungarians chasing them down and hacking any stragglers they could find to bits. In total, the Ottomans lost about 75,000 troops and ran back to their empire with their tails tucked between their legs. Because those kids pounced on them. Yeah. Because they're balls in a ball pit. I will not ever give up on this analogy. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. I do find it a little crazy that this attack worked, this defense of Belgrade worked, because it was completely disorganized. And sure, the Ottomans were disorganized, but they had them outnumbered, outclassed, better equipment. 
you would think they're like, oh, fuck, they're attacking us. Let's attack back and just, you know, slaughter these guys who left the comfort of their city walls. But nope. They're like, oh, shit, they're coming at us. What do we do? What do we do? We're not used to this. And they take off fucking running. Now, all this was happening. Uh, old Vlad Dracula, he was just kind of chilling out in the background. After he fled Velaki, he bounced around the Balkans, avoiding John Hyundai and the Hungarians. <laughs> he met up with his cousin, Stefan. This reminds me of Urkel, by the way. Like, I'm thinking Stefan from Family Matters, you know, when Urkel gets cool. <laughs> yeah. That's who I imagine in this story. Uh, okay, I'll go with it. Maybe he kind of looks exactly like Vlad Dracula, but now he's wearing a white suit. Yeah. And like every time he enters a room, doves fly in behind him. Which means now that I'm imagining Vlad Dracula, he's in suspenders and he's really the high waisted pants pulled up high. Yeah. Did I impale you? (laughs) Anyway. That's a family matters joke. Look it up. If you're not. I think we made way back in the day. In your 30s or above? Yeah. Did we? Yeah, I think uh, we made... Is this Saddam? Yeah, we made fun of Colin Powell. He said he was sitting at home <laughs> drinking milk, watching Family Matters when he found out the war had broken out. <laughs> anyway, Stefan was well-respected, and he would later become the leader of Moldavia. At some point between losing rule of his country and the Hungarian victory at Belgrade, Vlad had made peace with Hunyadi. The voivode of Wallachia, Vlaslav, had kind of turned into a dickhole, and he had distanced himself from Hunyadi, so Janos thought it would be good to have a Vlachian ally in case Vladislav needed to go. Vlad was tired of his European vacation. That's because Christmas vacation was the best one anyway. It really was. It really was. Vlad thought it maybe he wouldn't be murdered by Hunyadi if uh, he was that Vlachian ally Hunyadi was looking for. So Vlad was installed as, quote, the defender of Transylvania. Which, again, makes vampire goth kids so happy that they temporarily stop cutting themselves and secretly listen to Party Rock by LMFO. LMFO. LMFAO. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you, Greg. I just got so excited about Party Rock. It's in my head now. Maybe some Andrew WK? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But basically, that was a meaningless title. He was placed in charge of a small military force capable of defending a border, but not so great for a full offensive campaign. The most important thing that had happened was he and Janos Hunyadi had bought one of those cheap best friends heart necklaces that each person wears half of. Their alliance would lead into the second and most well-known rule of Vlad Dracula. And that's a good place to take a break. Right? Can we watch the porno tape now? Oh, we are definitely watching that porno tape. You know, for you guys, for a listener, this will be like a 10 second break of calm piano music. But we're going to go... We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to go watch an orgy of violence. Yeah! Yep, let's go impale each other. I mean, uh, let's go get some more drinks. Ah! Chris just said Vietnam was fun. Uh, So, um... I'm going to offer a quick recap for you guys, just in case you, uh, you know, you're drinking along with us. You know what? I'm just going to leave the comment dangling. You can just, you add whatever context you, you want to. <laughs> uh, so to catch you up, Vlad Dracula was raised in the Ottoman Empire after being held hostage for his entire childhood. When he was 17, he became ruler of Wallachia, but had to run away after Janos Hunyadi, the dude who had cut his dad's head off, came looking for Vlad. He went on the run. While he was on the run, the Ottoman Empire basically wiped the Byzantine Empire off the map and took their capital. Vlad made up with Hunyadi. Hunyadi led a Hungarian force to victory against the Ottomans in Belgrade and became a hero. And that should uh, that should have you pretty much up to speed and wondering why you bothered to listen to the first half of this podcast at all. Well, the obvious answer is for the jokes and the, uh, yes. and the sexual tension between us uh-huh. yes. uh by the way orgy of violence is terrifying um it's made me completely asexual because i am worried for my own health just being around you just knowing that you enjoyed that that you were like at full mass the whole time we're watching that together it uh terrified me just a little it's not for everyone <laughs> Halloween noises. <laughs> it's going to be fucking January, and we're going to be doing some podcast on, like, the Manhattan Project, and some at some point we're going to be, Halloween noises, just uh-huh. throwing that shit in there. Now, when you did listen to that first half and that 
you know, that really good recap. Thank you, Greg. You're probably wondering why we went over those battles that seemed like they were unrelated to Vlad's story. But they kind of set off a domino effect that led to Vlad returning to power. Because the Turks took Constantinople, they felt encouraged that they could go ahead and take Belgrade. Because Hunyadi was a hero that saved the Hungarian Empire at Belgrade, he had a lot of street cred. While this was happening, Vladislav, the guy who had been put in charge of Wallachia, had defected to the Ottoman side. The Hungarians were obviously pissed about this and needed someone to replace him. So when Hunyadi, who was a hero again, said it should be Vlad Dracula, everybody listened to him. So Vladi marched into Targivoshte, took on Vladislav, killed him, and in August of 1456, was officially voivode of Wallachia once again. Whereas in 1448, he had just been super happy to be in charge and didn't realize that everyone in the region was constantly looking for a way to dad-dick other people out of power, in 1456, he was there to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm not even sure bubblegum had been invented yet. I don't know, there's a little eight-year period in there. I would venture to guess that bubblegum was invented yes. somewhere in that period. So yeah, that It's a gray sense. area. Yeah. Big League Chew wasn't a thing yet. No. No, but you definitely have That bu- didn't come until 30 years before Major League Baseball was oh, a thing. I got you. Okay. You didn't even catch that. Big League Chew was invented before, before the baseball. big leagues. <laughs> yeah, <I don't, laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ah! Sports ball! <laughs> Soon after he took the throne, he wrote in a letter, quote, When a man or a prince is strong and powerful, he can make peace as he wants to. But when he is weak, a stronger one will come and do what he wants to him. Uh, I'm like 90% sure I've heard the same line used in a prison shower scene in a very graphic Possibly pornographic movie? <laughs> First on his to-do list was dealing with the Boyers. In case you forgot, the Boyers were the rich nobles of Wallachia who selected the Voivod and were highly corruptible. They had killed Dad Vlad and Vlad's brother, Mirce. They had worked against Vlad in his first reign, and he knew that they would probably betray him as soon as someone waved a buy one whopper, get one whopper, Whopper? Whopper. Whopper free coupon from Burger King in front of their faces. And so, it was time for Vlad to finally earn the nickname that would follow him through history. He had a meeting with all of the boyers and had them swear loyalty to him. Just like Greg's hero, Saddam Hussein. Mm, I won't dispute that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he pulled a little pop quiz on them. He asked them if they could name every voivode that had ruled over Wallachia during their lifetimes And because they were so corrupt and changed their support for each Voivod as often as Chris changes his underwear... Weekly. Yeah. uh, Few, if any, could actually complete the task. And the prize for getting the answer wrong? Impalement. Making this the shittiest game show in Romanian history. Which is... It's probably saying a lot. I I can't (laughs) imagine their TV is very good. (laughs) Now, your source said something a little bit different about this, right? Yeah. um, Basically from my research is he had asked all of uh the boyers hey name name the uh the voivodes that you have served under right and all the people that basically had multiple voivodes he he was like okay okay and then once everybody said everything it was like all right well uh that shows me that you have no loyalty at all right because you've served under like fucking 18 dudes (laughs) so uh title of my sex tape yeah you and your families go build this castle and be worked to death. Yeah, so it was worked to death instead of being impaled. Right, your source right. But but there was a, a couple that he kept around. Yeah, but most of them no. He was sending a message. It was a a big move to consolidate power, and an even bigger move to really send a message about integrity and and what you need to do inside the borders of Wallachia. Yeah, and we joked about it, uh, but it is exactly what Saddam Hussein did in 1979, where he brought all the people in and said, swear loyalty to me, and said, you know, you're a spy, you're a spy, you're a traitor, you're a traitor, and had them walked outside and executed. Except their only crime was they were serving the leader of Wallachia. Yeah. The Voivod. But it was whatever Voivod had been paid for, bought and paid for, by opposing countries. Well, right, but Saddam just, if we're using the same kind of one-to-one transfer... It would be these, all all these voivodes would have to do is 
swear fealty and loyalty to him. That's true. Yeah. He was going to kill these people no matter what because he knew they were disloyal. Yeah. 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 He wasn't, it wasn't fealty like Saddam. So I guess it's a little different. I just like picturing. It is very similar though. Yes. There's, there's a meeting in which a lot of people die as a result (laughs) of what they say. I just like picturing Dracula, uh, obviously dresses Urkel as we've discussed, Mm -hmm. sitting up at a desk, smoking some Paul Mall cigarettes just laughing as he's sentencing people to death because they don't support him or they're not loyal. Paul Mall? Yeah. Why Paul Malls? I don't know. It's just an old cigarette brand. It's just whatever popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now for the fun part. This is real fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a moment you've all been waiting for. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to throw in a little disclaimer here. This is a history podcast. We're going to talk about some fucked up shit. This is pretty fucked up. There are people with sensitive... Was it delicate sensibilities? That's the word I'm looking for. It's two words. Yeah. Uh, I agree, though. That some of this stuff can offend them or can upset them just picturing it. So if you're one of those people that gets upset kind of easy or you don't want to hear about really fucked up shit, uh, just go ahead and skip 30 seconds. How about that? Oh, it's going (laughs) to just keep going until you don't hear keywords like anus, babies. (laughs) I've got some stuff to throw in. Yeah. Okay. So. What we're going to do now is explain how impalement worked. First, the person to be executed would be bound at the hands and laid flat on the ground. Then two ropes would be tied to their ankles and attached to horses that would pull the victim's legs apart and keep them spread. Next, the executioner would take a six-foot-long wooden pole and shove it up the victim's anus or vagina, depending obviously on their sex. If they wanted the victim to die quickly, the pole would be sharpened. If they wanted them to suffer longer... They'd leave the uh, the end rounded or more dull. To aid in the impaling, they'd grease up the poles with tallow first. Which it's it's very considerate of them to at least lube it before they go in. Mm-hmm. Not going in dry. Jeez, no wonder you asked them to skip ahead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, tallow is like an animal fat, you yeah. know, just to, like Chris said, lube it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pole would then be hoisted up, planted into the ground, and the victim would slowly die as their own body weight drove the pole through basically the inside of their body yeah so uh anybody else turned on right now greg just you, skip 30 seconds you, now like you, he said you I, like, I regret telling you not to <laughs> you like uh orgy of violence oh boy there there probably is some weirdo out there that is like oh my god that's the ultimate and just turned on by this you know some guy who's really into bondage and he's just banging on his dashboard right now yeah wow. just dry humping his steering wheel <laughs> How the fuck would you do that? You know what? Forget it. But no, I, I, you know, read even more graphic stuff of basically he would get mothers and their babies and pale the mothers with the babies suckling yeah. at her tit. And then when she died, they would cut the breast off and shove the baby's head into the body cavity, yeah. bo- body cavity, thus impaling them both. Yeah. We'll, we'll get <sighs> you know. into a little more of the fucked up stuff he's accused of doing in, in part two, but. One of the things I found interesting that it's it's conjecture. It I think a lot of it's myth building. They would say like depending on someone's rank or their station in life, like if they were more noble than a regular soldier or a peasant, he would impale them on a higher stake so that they'd you know be above everybody else. Well, I remember there was the uh, the one person I I I don't remember who he was in the story, but he was a nobleman, and basically he was he asked uh, Vlad how he was able to, you know, sit there and eat in front of them with the smell. And so he ended up impaling him, but making the pole much higher so that he would be above it all. Right, you know? yeah. He didn't have to deal with the stench. Yeah, even though smells rise, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter. It didn't for Anywho, yeah. the legend says he did this uh, to all of the boyers and their families. Uh, but the truth is a lot of the boyers did escape to other countries and would play a role in Vlad's life. Just a little bit down the road. Yeah. So after dealing with the boyars, uh, Vlad had to handle some business with the Hungarian Empire. We say that Janos Hunyadi approved Vlad's raid, and that was true, but when you tell it in a linear fashion, it sounds like it kind of happened right away. Like he said, go, and then immediately he is the voivode of, uh, voivode, sorry, of Wallachia right away. Uh, but Vlad's raid actually took months to take the throne away from Vladislav. And in the meantime, Janos caught the freaking plague, which, you know, at this point, it's not the, the period of the Black Plague, but it's still going around, especially Eastern Europe. And he died in Belgrade. 
Supposedly, John Hyundai's last words were basically telling all the Christians and Hungarians, stop bitch fighting each other. And pretty much everyone says, well, that's fucking big words coming from a dude with the plague, and they ignore it completely. The king of Hungary, Ladislav, was immensely unpopular, and when Janos died, his son, Ladislav, also Ladislav, Hunyadi, started a revolt against the king, Ladislav. They had the same name, but this wouldn't be too confusing for very long, because Ladislav Hunyadi was pretty much captured right away and beheaded. His brother, Matthias, was imprisoned. It was a bold move to kill the son of a national hero and imprison his other son. You say bold? I say tarted. Oh, thank you for keeping it PC. I appreciate that. This bold move actually immediately backfired for Matthias and the empire went into revolt. Specifically, in a Saxon city-state in Transylvania, the citizens began to revolt against their leader. Which, it reminds me of one of my favorite uh, Mel Brooks lines. You ever seen uh, History of the World? Long time ago. Yeah, so in that movie, it's uh, King Louis in France during that revolution. And one of his uh, workers, his servants, come up to him and say, Sir, sir, the, the peasants are revolting. And he says, you're telling me they stink on ice. Get it? They stink. Get it? They're revolting. So yeah, the the leader of Transylvania, he had once done Vladdy some favors, and so he asked Vlad to help quell the uprising. Vlad said, fuck yeah, I'm down, and marched an army into the city-state, the Saxon city-state that was revolting, and uh, killed indiscriminately and set the houses of rebellion leaders on fire with them locked inside. I can't see Vlad doing this. <laughs> Yeah, one of the, the the lines in the source that I, my main source is, you know, he talks about how he went in there and killed anyone loyal to the, the uprising. Mm. But then it was like, but we're not really sure how he would have known they were loyal. So he basically just went in there and killed fucking everybody. Anybody who wandered out in the street is like, ah, stabbed, impaled. Everybody was <laughs> killing everybody at yeah. this time, though. Yeah, life inspectancy had to be like seven you know, just <laughs> just on average. I'm sure you had your 60-year-olds and your infants died. You've gotten paled babies on titties. Yeah. <laughs> in titties. So, yeah, it, it couldn't have been good. Like, they shouldn't, didn't even have funerals, I don't imagine. It's like, oh. How could you? Uh, uh, one of my 18 brothers got killed today. I don't know. I got 17 more. Oh, nope. Down to 16. He, Dad said I got to kill my brothers today. <laughs> yeah, I want to be king. I got to kill everyone related to me. Yeah. Oh, it's a brutal time to be alive. He's not even king. It's like leader of a vassal state. <laughs> well, it turns out that Vlad had backed the winning side. In a few months, Matthias Hunyadi was freed and made king of Hungary. Lucky. Well, he turns out to be a huge douche, too. Don't oh, they yeah. all? Don't they all? <laughs> not sure what you expected here. <laughs> with the boyers taken care of, and Hungary temporarily at peace with itself, because the boyers took care of them and they're no longer hungry ah <laughs> i like it they gave them some yeah some pasta yeah i always thought spaghettios were chef boyardee but they're not they're franco-american so you just learned something is that true yeah huh. i bet you thought they were spaghettios were chef boyardee no too. i knew they weren't but i didn't i would have not said franco-american yeah so no chef boyardee they all have the same red label with, with the product on the inside of the border yeah, you with know the fake chef on it what do you mean? That dude's not real. That dude's... Well, he's dead. That is a photo. <laughs> Make some kick-ass ravioli, though. Uh, it's trash. I know it's okay. trash. <laughs> it's like, I know, man. I okay. Know. All right, as long as we're on the same page there. It's edible. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're going through a brutal divorce, you're couch surfing, you'll take whatever you can get. So... If I can get a can of ravioli with the even with the, the the top that pops off now, you don't have to use a can opener. You just drink it. Yeah, just straight out of the can. Mm. I don't even share it with my my dog in this homeless scenario where I'm wearing the fingerless mittens and playing the harmonica all the time. I'd like to. I long to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, with the boyers taken care of and Hungary's, you know, they're at peace for now. That meant Vlad could turn his attention to the fucking douche Saxons in Transylvania. The Saxons originated in Northwest, uh, well, like the North, like where the Germanic states, you know. Yeah. If, were. if it was the map today, it'd be the. It'd be Germany. Yeah, the Northwest corner of Germany. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, they'd migrated throughout Eastern and Southeastern Europe. They were mostly merchants and traders, and for them, it was always about the bottom line. In the past, when they wanted a sweeter trade agreement, they'd hit up the boyers and have the Voivod overthrown. 
Now that the Boyers were out of the picture and Vlad had ventured into uh, Transylvania and fucked all that shit up, the Saxons felt, you know, they had to get him out of power as soon as possible. And they they backed two people. Vlad's half-brother, Vlad Kalugaro, and old Vladislav's brother, Dan. Dan. My name is Dan. Dan. I think, you know what I think? Being Dan, I think, uh, I think I had a rule... Oh, Wallachia. Just just give it to me, man. I got some real good ideas. Guns in every home. Muskets, airware. Just, you can carry a musket wherever you go. I hate you, Dan. <laughs> Vlad caught wind of this and rode into the village of Sibiu and killed anyone he thought might possibly support Caligaro. Then he rounded up any Saxons in Wallachia and impaled them on the roadside of the roads between Sibiu and Wallachia. You know, that's actually pretty considerate of him. Because you're you're on the road. They probably don't have like maps goes or GPS back then. Probably. Yeah. I haven't looked it up to confirm, but they probably don't. But there's a dude just, you know, hanging out there with a six foot pole <laughs> shoved up his ass. Hey, how do I get to the gas station? <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't have anything else to do, so he's going to tell you. He's just happy for the conversation. Oh, <laughs> save me. It's over there. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My insides are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'll help you down. Just, you know, where's Walmart? Yeah. <sighs> Go up fucking 30 dead people. Take a ride. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh. Hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Saxons said, fuck it. If we can't take the throne, we'll just move the throne. And they declared Dan as the... We're not making this name up. No. It's, it's literally Dan. It might be pronounced differently, but it's spelled Dan. So it's it just, D-A-N. It's fucking Dan. <laughs> I don't care what they said. It's Dan. I, I'm glad you're on my page. You were finally on my page where <laughs> things are pronounced in American. And you know what, Greg? You know what? This is the perfect time to say... I'm not doing it. I'm proud to be an American. Come on. You know you want to. No, I don't. You want to. You want to. You want to. Please tell no one free. Doesn't that feel better? (sighs) It's guilty pleasure. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, the the Saxons, they declared Dan as the real voivod of Wallachia and said Tempa Hill in Transylvania was the true capital. Yeah, I'm sure Vlad was cool with that. He's like, oh, that's a fake uh, Voivode. I'm the real Voivode. We'll just ignore that, right? Well, uh, actually, he rode to <laughs> Tempa Hill and impaled the whole fucking city right up the booty. Yeah, this is another situation where he rides in and he's like, uh, I'm going to kill all the supporters of Dan. You know what? Everybody likes Dan. Who doesn't like Dan, right? So you're all getting fucking impaled. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ah, no, I'm not even going to listen to uh, your dissents. No. (laughs) So Dan had actually fled already, but then decided to attack Vlad in Wallachia. This is the dumbest fucking plan. It's very bad. (laughs) (laughs) Vlad caught wind of this and rode to meet Dan, ambushed his party, and won the battle in a rout. Legend says that Vlad Dracula then forced Dan to dig his own grave, and once he was finished, Vlad personally bit into Dan's neck and sucked his blood. And now we have Vampire Dan. Okay, sorry. He actually just personally cut Dan's head off. <clears throat> now, as any brutal dictator knows, if you want to retain power, you got to be huge dick to the people in your own country. Like Greg's hero, Saddam. Yes. After he'd taken care of all the external threats, Vlad was ready to rule Wallachia, but the country was a mess. Decades of war in the region meant that the peasants' crops and livestock were probably stolen or burned. The country was full of beggars and thieves. So Vlad did what any good leader would do. Uh, He made theft, begging, or fraud crimes punishable by death. Makes sense? Totally. Yeah. Stole a loaf of bread to feed your family? Impaled. Asked your neighbor to borrow potato until payday? Impaled. (laughs) Uh, In the Shawshank Redemption, there's a a great line. I'm sure you remember it. It's the uh, get busy living or get busy dying line, right? Can you do that as Morgan Freeman? You either get busy living or you get busy dying. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Well, in 1460 Wallachia, it was get busy living or get busy having your lower intestines impacted with a six-foot wooden fucking pole. Right? <laughs> Not as catchy, but it's still poignant. It still makes a point. <laughs> yeah. From this hardline approach, two things happen. 
Wallachia became extremely secure and extremely prosperous, and a bunch of legends popped up. One legend says that travelers who came to town would find a golden chalice on the ground near the fountain for them to drink from. They would be mind-blown that no one ever thought to steal the cup, but the locals would laugh and say, yeah, go ahead and try it, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Only death awaits. <laughs> it's like the chalice in uh, Indiana Jones. You just fucking... If you try and walk off with it, you're just going to fucking die. That's how, how it goes. I only know about the Crystal Skull. The best one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish it. Oh, for good reason. Yeah. Anyway, another legend states that Vlad, apparently running low on impaling sticks, had all of the beggars brought into a great hall with promises of a compassionate feast and a place to rest. Uh, not just a feast. Hey, we're going to have a compassionate feast. Yeah. Oh, really? You are Vlad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm busy that day. That sounds Fucking good. bye. <laughs> Babe, pack your shit. Yeah, let's go find Dan. Let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> now, once they were all inside, he locked the doors and set the building on fire. No! Yeah, shocking. Uh, did it actually happen? Yeah, who, who fucking knows if that actually happened? There, I don't know what it is about all of these stories from history when they want to show someone's a real badass. They're like showing that they locked him in buildings and set the buildings on fire. Like, I guess back then impaling was a bad way to go, but being burnt alive or smoke inhalation inside a burning building, that's just the fucking worst. Well, I mean, the Romani people didn't have a, a written language until like a hundred years after all this bullshit. Yeah. So that's why the who fucking knows hey, what happened. Yeah, they weren't telling any stories. There were people writing things at this time. But they were few and far between. They were like official scribes, a lot of them of diplomats. And so, it's, yeah, or somebody, fucking knows. somebody like Vlad, who was raised in a castle, yeah, in you know, uh, in Turkey, he would know how to write in both Turkish and Hungarian. But like you said, Roma totally a trustworthy source, too. Romanian didn't exist, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's not, I don't know, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, but is it crazy to think that it happened? Probably not, no, not really. <laughs> The finishing touches on his new and improved reign of Wallachia came when Vlad moved the capital from Targivoste to Bucharest. Which I like because it's easier to say. Thank you, Vlad. Well, it's... Bucharest. I, I think it's actually... Bu Bucharesti. Bucharesti. supposed to say it, but... Yeah, you know. Mm. We say it enough in this language to where we can just revert to the... How we say it. Yeah, we won that war too. I don't know if we ever fought the Romanis, but we won that war, so... <laughs> Um, and Bucharest is still the modern capital of Romania. There he built updated fortresses with walls built to withstand the new fancy cannons that the Ottoman Empire was so fond of using. Yep, everything was going uh, just swell for Vlad Dracula, and there seemed to be no problem that he couldn't solve by shoving a wooden stake up someone's ass. Him and I have that in common, by the way. <laughs> but if you've learned anything during this episode, or from the show... It should be that peace was never an option in this time and place, and more conflict was coming Vlad's way. And that is where we will pick up next week. Yeah, we did it. Halloween noises! <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time for our favorite segment, our misconceptions slash surprising things you learned. Greg? Let's do this. Kick it off. Okay. I had no idea... Can I do two things? You can Is that going to take one of your things? No. Well, we'll see. Okay. We didn't discuss this before. I was poor, piss poor planning, so. <laughs> well, we we never talk about this. No. We just say that we're going to talk about, you know, our we, misconceptions. We actually don't talk each other outside of the, the hour we record this This has podcast. become a professional relationship yeah. only. We're yeah. like the Eagles. Yeah. We're, we but are, bigger. <laughs> I was going to say John Lennon and uh, Paul McCartney. Obviously. Well. We just can't fucking way stand. Way bigger. We can't stand each other, but we come together and make Abbey Road. Come together. It was on Abbey Road. Nice. That's just circular referencing. Just keep doing that. Anyway. Boom, pal. Surprise, bitches. <laughs> so, um, as, as far as misconceptions, I didn't realize that his, uh, Vlad's rule was so tenuous and that he was in and out of the throne several times. Yeah. I also didn't realize that a lot of what he was doing was decently commonplace yes. for this era. Yes. As far as impaling people. Yeah. They were just fucking impaling the shit out of people. Yeah, that was a big surprise to me. Um, we'll there was little, little regard for human life. Yeah, there were, yeah. 
people didn't matter. No it, empathy. It was, no. Zero empathy. Uh, yeah, I didn't know a whole lot about Vlad. I think I kind of fell into the group that knows. And Chris, what about you? What are your misconceptions? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I fell into that group that didn't really know a lot about him, just kind of knew the legends. You knew, like, you hear Vlad the Impaler and you just think he's this fucking evil dude who murdered a bunch of people and drank their blood and conquered a whole bunch of lands. You get that image that he was a conqueror. But really, he was this guy who was more concerned about his own... He just wanted to rule his own land or, you know, be, like you said, the provincial governor Mm -hmm. of his own land. He just wanted independence and not to be fucked with. He wasn't, you know, conquering foreign lands. He wasn't this this horrible monster that everybody makes him out to be. And we'll get a little bit more into the whole vampire and Dracula shit in the next episode. Um, but it was surprising how much of that was just complete bullshit. I mean, and not, not, Oh, he can turn into a bat or he has to sleep in a car. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about like Transylvania and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. It was, um, he wasn't really a conqueror. Like he was conquering what he felt was his, as far as his land. Yeah. But he never tried to venture outside to actually take land for himself. Um, and he did a lot of positive things for Valakia. Yeah. Like like shoving sticks up people's asses. I mean, that aside. Andy, probably, we did, we can't confirm this, but I did learn this today from Greg. Uh, he probably had a six or a 16-inch long obsidian dick. It's getting longer. It was, I can't remember how long you said I don't know. <laughs> I think I said 12 or 14. Yeah. I just remember it was like obscenely long. You know, once you get to 14, is 16 really that big of a fucking difference, you know? Is that... I mean, once you get to five, it's all too much. Right? Right, guys? <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's save the rest for next week when you guys come back. Again, we are doing this weekly now. We're, we're so excited to be doing that, and we hope you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, until then, we hope you go look at all of our social media stuff. Greg, where can we be found? Everywhere. Everywhere. At 100 Proof History. Yep. And if you're searching for us in a podcast app, it's 100 Proof History spelled out. But you can probably still find us with the 100. You, I have tested that with Apple Podcasts, and that is true. If you search for 100 Proof History on that, you will find us. Guys, Chris, see you next week. Just kidding, Chris. We're about to record the next episode right now. You're ruining the magic of this for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will see you all next time. We do appreciate you all listening. Thank yeah. you. Love you guys. Yeah.